Hey guys, how the hell are you? Sit down. Take a load off. I won't keep you here long. In these 10 minutes together, what are we going to do? We're going to drink our coffee. I hope somebody else is drinking coffee right now while they're listening to this. Um, let's praise the beauty of people who put words together in ways that just pulverize us. And let's, um, let's escape for a minute. I certainly need to escape for a minute because today is bill pay day. Bill pay day? Bill pay day. Let's just go with it. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. I've gotten quite a few messages from Potomatic saying you guys are pushing the we want more button on the me reading stuff page there. So this week, I promise to do an after dark podcast. Hold me to it. And thank you so much for wanting more. That makes me feel really good. Uh, I did just finish a really big drawing that I've been working on for many, many months. So I'm feeling ever so slightly relieved. At least I am this morning. Uh, so it may be temporary, but it's nice to feel a little relief. Did I tell you guys about the rusty water that keeps dropping on my head in my house? Um, my air conditioning drain is leaking in my hallway. You may remember this from last year. Do you guys actually? Yeah, I even periscoped about this. Um, Martine, do you remember him? So he was here so often. He basically moved into my studio, and um, he's a mixer. Mixer? He's a Mister Fix It guy. And he was telling me stories about he became a repair guy because he loved the show Inspector Gadget, and he wanted to walk around with a bunch of tools and gadgets. So when he was a kid, that was his plan. Well, anyway, Martin, nice guy, the nicest guy, not so good at what he does for a living. Fixed the uh, air conditioning leak six times to no avail. I've now had another guy out, Ari's. He's come out twice or three times now. Yesterday, he, quote, fixed it at 11 a.m., and at 4 p.m., more water was leaking on my head. Luckily, this is removed from the studio and in the hallway, but still, I mean, it's a little too close for comfort. to have. And, and also, I worry about my cat, Frankie, because I have three buckets, you know, lined up in the hallway where the leak is happening, and what if she drinks the water? I mean, I don't think she's dumb enough to drink rusty water, but who, who the hell knows? Um, anyway, it's just aggravating to me. I'm trying to be cool, and I've been nothing but nice to these guys, even though they keep you know, not doing their job properly. But it just kind of, I'm in the middle of finishing things up in my studio, and when people come over, it really interrupts the way I'm thinking. Like, I, I just, I'm too um, responsive toward other people being near me. So I just soak up whatever's going on there, and I want to take care of everything. I want to take care of them and check on them every second. I mean, I'm sure I'm being annoying, but anyway, it just, it makes me... I don't like having people in my studio environment very often. It just, I don't know. To quote Patricia Highsmith, one of my all-time heroes, my imagination functions much better when I don't have to speak to people. Nothing sums me up better. I know I, I'm talkative and everything, but like you got to remember, this is a one-sided conversation I'm having right now, right? I'm just talking. I'm just by myself talking. It's such a weird experience but somehow completely natural and comfortable and necessary for me to do this, talk out loud like this. Uh, but you put another human body near me, and it's a whole different 
reaction that I have, like mood-wise. And it's not negative. It really isn't a negative thing. I'm not saying that. It's just that it used to be negative. I used to isolate for bad reasons. But now I, in a healthy way, know that I'm just somebody who has to be alone a lot. And I love it. I fucking live for it. So it's not a bad thing. It's just how I respond to the world. And I've worked my entire life to get here, to be able to not have to deal with people very often. And I am celebrating that. Okay, let's move on. You guys, you know what I felt like doing today? Going back to somebody I've read many times on the podcast, because he is one of my very favorite writers, Vasco Popa, a Serbian poet. He lived from 1922 to about 1990. Um, The book I'm going to be reading from is called Complete Poems. This is from Anvil Press, published in 1997. I will put a link in the description of this podcast so you can go out and buy it or ask your library to order it for you. Listen, whoa, God, did I get worked up because of that my imagination functions better when I don't speak to people thing? I think so. I need to straighten up. I've got terrible posture today. I normally have good posture, but I'm noticing myself slumped over. Uh, Let's fix this. Okay. Vasco Popa. I want to read you guys. Anne Pennington is a translator of this book, and she wrote about Popa. As he penetrates deeper into his life with book after book, it begins to look like a universe, passing through a universe. It is one of the most exciting things in modern poetry to watch this journey being made. And you can certainly see that in this book um, because it goes in chronological order. And it is a fascinating thing. A guy who, well, you just, you just sense everything he's gone through as a person full of lust, depression, regret, true, true, true love, uh, questioning love, the end of life. Why am I describing everything? Some, like, I'm just trying to summarize a life for you. That, that doesn't work. Let me move on. Let me read to you what I'm going to read to you today, which is his poem called Respect for the Axle. This is from The Cut. Those ancient peoples, the Incas, Mayas, Olmecs, Aztecs, didn't know about the wheel, as if they couldn't see that the sun doesn't walk across the sky. In a grave, however, archaeologists have found a children's toy, a cart on wheels. It never occurred to adults to play with them. Their descendant, my host, draws with his hand the wheel of the view. Our ancestors didn't believe that their backbone was the axle of the world. That was written in 1975. How remarkable is that? Not only as a poem, but... As a true story, and here's a crazy thing. I've got this next to me, The Making of the American Essay by John DeGatto, which I bring up constantly from Grey Wolf Press. In his intro to the entire book, um, which is so heavy I can't pick it up, listen to this. I read these um, within a month of each other for the first time. This two, these two passages I'm about to read to you. Well, the one I already read. Okay. Uh, He's talking about the first occupants of the Americas. Um, Let's go. They created a 365-day calendar that was more accurate than any other calendar in the world. They developed the concept of zero. They perfected mummification. And in the most striking example of their independent innovations, they also invented the wheel. Yet they only found a use for it as a novelty in children's toys. 
The obvious lesson here is that we ought to pay tribute to the talents and ambitions of America's earliest occupants, those pioneering humans who frequently fall victim to the dreamy racist stereotype of the gentle, noble savage, peacefully living in unison with an uncorrupted earth. I mean, this is exciting, right? Okay, I want to thank everybody who is listening. Please pass this on to your friends and subscribe on iTunes or Podomatic. I think you can subscribe on both. I know you can on iTunes. I did make my, re my triumphant return to Instagram and Twitter. I'm just kidding about the triumphant. I just came back. It's no big deal, but it felt all right. Um, you guys have clearly been up to cool things, and it was nice to see that. So... Anyway, come follow me on Instagram or Twitter. The handle on both of those places is R-O-B-Y-N underscore O-N-E-I-L. As always, please be good to yourself. Be good to others. Even terrible people need compassion. Uh, turn off your phone for an hour a day. Just try it once. Nobody seems to do it, but my God, it feels so good. Trust me. I did it for months. I'd like to do it again. Okay, I didn't really do it for months, but I would only turn my phone on occasionally. It was off more than it was on during my monastic May, and I loved it. Find where you are necessary. Hug someone really hard. You know what else? Don't feel sorry for yourself. Eat an apple. Drink water. Pay your bills. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Goodbye. I love you. Night, night.